The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, it's one in the damn morning. Actually, only midnight, so I guess I'm ahead of time. But never fear, we've got you covered on one of the most dramatic days in recent NBA history. We're a stripper, a porn star, and an IG thought all battled with Jokic and Butler for the headlines. Of course, the strippers and thoughts and porn stars won, especially considering that Game 3 was not that great. I will break down Game 3, but more importantly, we will dig into the Zion baby mama drama and Brittany Renner's Hall of Fame upgrade, discussing the dilemma for the Portland Trailblazers over the number 3 pick, and then talking about how the Suns are blowing up the ship, and that starts with potentially CP3. Lot of cover. Nick, so drop that motherfucking beat. This should be Rihanna. So we start out a very eventful day in the NBA with Game 3 in Miami, which would probably be the least exciting thing that's happened today. Let's be real. Like There was a lot of NBA tea, and I thought that the game was going to keep up, and it did not. After a very close first half, The Nuggets and Michael Malone made some second-half adjustments, took back home court with a resounding 109-94 win, which is still the under. The 214-and-a-half did not hit. How did they do it? Not the way that everybody thought that they would. The consensus was that the Nuggets would have to figure out how to beat the 2-3 zone, the 1-3-1 zone, the amoeba zone, by figuring out a way to dribble penetrate and get KCP and MPJ more involved early, getting them into rhythm. They did not ever get into rhythm. And you know what? It did not matter. They came in that the pair averaged 16 points per game in this series, combining for 28 per game in the regular season. And you know what? They were even worse than that. Caldwell Pope and Michael Mediocre Porter Jr. had their worst games in the series in which they've already played pretty bad. How many did they score combined, folks? Eight points on two from 11 shooting. Oh, for five from three. That's a winner, winner, chicken dinner on those two bets from three for me. I had Michael Porter Jr., excuse me, I'm sorry, mediocre Porter Jr., under two and a half threes, and Kentavious Caldwell Pope, call him Kenny, under one and a half threes. So how the fuck did the Nuggets win? Jokic went crazy. Jamal Murray went crazy. 
and they broke down the Miami zone defense like their name was Brittany Renner, and the Miami zone was a brand-new NBA player just fresh into the league with ease. <laughs> Nikola Jokic, 32-21-10. and 10. Absurd. Let me say that again. Nikola Jokic, 32 points, 21 rebounds, 10 assists. Is the first 30-20 in the history of the NBA Finals. He was incredible. He was incredible in the first second, but he was very incredible in the third. He only uh, had two blocks and, and only three turnovers. Murray went off uh, as well, had a triple-double, along with Jokic, 34-10-10. and 10. Even with seven turnovers, the pick-and-roll game with Jokic worked all night. Just like their names were Brittany Renner. Jokic said even after the game, we follow Murray's lead. He's our leader. Uh, Jamal Murray was plus 3,100 for a triple-double. That's 31 to 1 odds. Wow. That's incredible. And by the way, Jokic played 45 minutes and Murray played 44. Let's also quickly note the Christian Brown that looks like Braun, who I said was badly underused by Malone. Uh, he ended up with 15 points, f- seven for eight shooting in just 19 minutes. Michael Malone was like, yeah, uh, Christian Brown, better than Michael Mediocre Porter Jr. The wild thing is that the Nuggets were only five for 18 from three but shot 51% from the field. How, how do it make sense? Make it make sense to me. Uh, by all metrics, Denver did not play a great da- game, and it was a beatdown. So if it's hard to see why the Nuggets won this game, it's a lot easier to see how Miami lost it. Let's look into the stats. The Heat were, like game one, uh, awful from three. 11 for 35, which is a very telling stat for a team that seems to live and die by the three on the perimeter. Butler, Vincent, Struess were a combined three for 14 from deep. The Struess was not loose, and that was not a recipe for winning. Uh, Butler did have 28, though. Uh, Bam was incredible, 22-17-3 and three for his three, third straight really good game. But nobody else could hit a damn shot. Gabe Vincent got fresh braids, fresh lineup, and fresh bricks. That's what he had. Yes, sirree, Bob. It's not my job to hit threes is what, is what our man Gabe Vincent was saying. So we roll on to game four where I will be. Uh, it is do or die time for the Heat. If the Heat can tie it up 2-2, this series probably goes seven games. If they go down 3-1... And they head back to Denver, put them in a suitcase, zip them up, lock them up. It's over. Who the hell knows, though, with this Heat team? I could be totally wrong. They could be the first team to ever come back down 3-1 since the Cleveland Cavaliers did it. They might just win it in seven. I will be on the ground reporting from Miami for Game 4. So check out all social content for all of our Heat check angles, storylines, and commentary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We've got some draft drama to cover. And I am talking about the rumors. The rumors that are swirling about... The Charlotte Hornets putting their laser beams and locking in on Brandon Miller with the number two pick in the draft. How, Sway? I don't know. That's what they do. They make bad decision after bad decision. It's just what it is. Um, I'm not the GM, so I couldn't tell you. I'll have lots to say about Miller on our draft show, but I'm pretty, pretty convinced that He's going to go to Charlotte simply because the near consensus number two pick in the draft, Scoot Henderson, is the right pick. And they just simply won't make the easy decision. Uh, Miller, because of his size and shooting 40% from three, that fills a very badly needed slot for the Hornets. So, of course, he'll probably tear up his meniscus in game 37, and you never will see him again. Uh, That's beside the fact that Mitch Kupchak, the the Hornets GM, was in attendance when Miller went off for 40, and let's be real, developed a schoolboy crush where Brandon Miller was his Brittany Renner. So yeah, Scoot Henderson, who would normally go number one in a lot of other drafts, uh, would go number two if any other team other than the Charlotte Hornets were drafting, will be available for three. Where that just so happens to be where my hometown Portland Trailblazers will be drafting. They have the number three pick. You would think that getting a guy, potentially, at least having a great chance of drafting a guy, who in many other years would be the the consensus number one pick, would be cause for celebration. So why is everyone freaking the fuck out? Just the thought of Scoot in Portland has caused essentially a basketball Chernobyl-style meltdown 
for all Blazers fans. It is a Sophie's Choice over here where one of the children is Dame and the other child is Scoot. One's gotta die. <laughs> Do you trade the third pick? Do you take Scoot and gasp? <gasps> trade Damian Lillard? Your woman that you've been with all this time who's been loyal to you? The greatest blazer in blazer history. Do you take Scoot and try to make him work with Dame and tell Dame, hey, we promised you to trade this pick and try to make this team a contender, but then Scoot came along and we think he's going to be the future, Dame. We're sorry. Is it, is it possible that this team pulls a Charlotte Hornets and takes amen, I can't shoot, so I just pray like amen at three and just push this mess aside? Good Lord, is it stress. It is a lot of stress over here in Portland. I don't know what to make of it. Every day I have a different answer. Especially after Scoot worked out on Sunday with the Blazers and by all accounts lit it the fuck up like it was 4th of July. Showing so much athleticism, so much touch. The reports coming out of Portland is that this kid is going to be a certified star. This kid is going to be a stud, a star. He is 18 years old, just oozing with athleticism and star quality. And that's coming from Portland. So what does it mean? It means not good things are happening, probably. He measured 6'4 as well, which is right where you want a modern point guard to be. Pre-draft measurements had him at 6'2, which was just like the fucking last month. Scoot? Um, if he was 6'2", he would have been a little too close to C.J. McCollum for my liking. 6'4", feels a little more like Ann Edwards. Um, the first decision for Joe in the front office is to decide whether they keep or they trade the pick. Uh, there's about 27 other teams behind them that would kill to have a Scoot Henderson. And I think this is probably the most valuable pick. Uh... At number three since Jordan. And who had the number three overall pick when Jordan's year was? Oh, that's right. It was Chicago. And who had the number two? Oh, that's right. It was Portland. Shit. Question is, what do you do if you're going to be trying to trade that pick? I am personally partial to making Dame happy. Uh, I would like them to trade for Mikael Bridges and more. They love him in Brooklyn. They say he's the future. They say he's untouchable. They say a lot of things. But you know what? He doesn't really fit their timeline, does he? He's on the wrong side of 25. And they want guys that are in their teens. I could see a package with Anthony Simons and number three and maybe one other pick to bring in Mikael and maybe another asset or so to pair with Dame and Grant, who they're going to resign, and Shaden Sharp. That's a very improved team. That trade helps both teams in big ways. It gives D Dame his dog, as Dame would say, which we'll get into in a bit, an elite running mate. I think Mikael Bridges could be the next two-way wing to do everything on both sides of the floor, and Dame fucking loves him, so why not do that? And it sets the nets up to have the point guard of the future. Put him on the side of billboards outside of Barclays Stadium. 
Win, win, win. Let's be honest. Scoot Henderson sounds like a Brooklyn net, doesn't he? Mikhail Bridges, Brooklyn Bridges, that also sounds good. I'm not going to lie to you. There are other trade scenarios that work. Toronto, for example. But I like Brooklyn the best. I am also very fascinated with the idea of trading the pick for Paul George. Paul George, Dame, Shaden. That's a nice pick. That's a nice backcourt. But I am more fascinated by what would happen if Portland decides to go full-blown nuclear and takes Scoot. Option one, you rebuild the Blazers around Scoot and Shaden. And then you get a shitload of assets or when you trade Damon and Anthony Simons. Might be the quickest path to contending, honestly, because... Sharp is first team all NBA ceiling, and Scoot's ceiling might be there as well. That backcourt, they'll be 19 and 20 next year. Next year. Uh, then you use the plethora of picks to build depth. You bring in some free agents with the 65 million that you save, not paying Dame each year on the payroll. I don't like the thought, but I don't hate the thought either. Option two. You tell Dame, fucking live with it. You tell him, you need to mentor these young guys. And you're going to have a three-headed monster in like 24 months that will be damn near impossible to guard. By the time you're 35, Dame, you're going to get some defensive help and you could be looking at a championship caliber quality team. Let's be real, mediocre, mediocre Porter Jr. will be out the league by then. Jokic might have eaten himself out to be... Homie from Austin Powers, fat bastard. Can't you see it? Jamal Murray, who knows? He could be playing for Toronto by then. So Denver, let's let's be real. They have a very tenuous window on their hands. That's what I would tell Dame Lillard at least. I love me some Dame Lillard. He's the greatest blazer I've ever seen in my goddamn life, and that's considering the fact that I cut my teeth on Clyde Drexler. I don't want him to go. I think I really, really want Scoot. So we're, we're in a real pickle, Blazer fans. That's the problem with options. Sometimes you get paralysis by analysis. I get that when I'm hungry, when I go to a restaurant and the menu's too big and there's too many descriptions on what it is that I'm going to be eating, like cuttlefish, poached in butter, served with, Blanched green beans and slivered almonds. I don't even know. Someone ordered for me. Do we trade the pick or do we keep it? Do you pair Scoot with Dame or do you trade him? The only thing that I know is that you can't trade Shaden. That's the only thing we can't do. My mind is in a tailspin, and the only thing I know is that Shaden is the future. All this really boils down to that. Dame Lillard, do you want to stay? Thug it out. Or do you want to run from the grind like all your contemporaries that you make fun of? The entire internet seems to be voicing their opinion on this as well. Even C.J. McCollum, former Portland trailblazer and one of Damian Lillard's best friend, went on ESPN the day before he had a barbecue with Dame Lillard and watched a fight in the NBA Finals as well and sat up there on TV and said he thought that Dame had played his last game in Portland. Dame himself 
went on some Showtime fight show and then just decided to spill the tea. He said if there was a possibility that he was to get traded, the place that he would want to go out of all the places he's been rumored to go is Miami because he loves Bam Adebayo. And then the second place, Brooklyn, because he loves Mikhail Bridges. If I'm Portland, I say to myself, those are the two players that need to come to Portland ASAP. <laughs> He's a class act, that Damian Lillard. He's handling this whole thing pretty damn well. He's been in trade rumors for like 36 straight months. They've been trying to get rid of him. These fans have been trying to get him to move teams since before the pandemic. He even said, hey, the Blazers have assets. If they put a nice team around me, I'm going to be happy. Big crossroads for Blazer fans. Big crossroads for Dames. Big crossroads for Joe Cronin. Will he stay or will he go? That's the question. And even Dame himself is dealing with. There's no clear path. There's no right answer because there's no real certainty that if they trade Dame that he goes to a place that's any closer to contending than where the Blazers would be with Scoot, Shaden, Simons, and him. And that is causing all of us Blazer fans to lose sleep over something that is so great that it just might break our hearts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What the hell is going on with Chris Paul? Is he going to be waived and moved? Or is he going to be waived and brought back on nothing? A minimum contract just to get him back into the fold and save this team some money. We started out this afternoon with a tweet from Chris Haynes. My guy, very trustworthy Chris Haynes, saying that Chris Paul had been waived or was going to be waived, which to be fair, something you could see coming. Then an hour later, Shams tweeted out that the Suns had not cut ties with Chris Paul, but were working on either trading him, no chance, because uh, he makes so damn money, or restructuring his contract, or waiving and re-signing him. I don't know if anyone knows what's going on. The only thing we know is that last episode, when I said that the Suns had a point guard problem, I was fucking right. They still do, and I think that they still know that he will not be the starting point guard of the future if they are going to contend. New coach Frank Vogel has a problem to solve, and he has a problem to solve very soon. Vogel knows that his offense can not go without a consistent point guard who defends well. Remember, Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder might be a target for the Phoenix Suns on the cheap cheap. It's why Vogel struggled so badly in L.A. his final year when he did not have Dennis Schroeder as that team had no point guard, no rudder, and I'm sure he does not want a repeat of the Westbrook debacle. So the fact that he is exploring his options and that Matt Ishbia is even talking about it shouldn't surprise a damn person. So let's face it, Chris Paul has been cheeks 
for a while now. Not only did he get injured during the playoffs, he was cooked. I told you this last episode, his production has been the worst since it's been since his rookie season. So there's speculation on whether he goes, where he stays, whether he gets on the banana boat that's colored in purple and gold and reunites with LeBron James, who's pretending he's going to retire. Chris Paul says he wants to play a few more seasons. If Chris Paul plays a few more seasons and LeBron James does not, God help us all. As for the Suns, they're down to just one starter from that finals team, DeAndre Ayton. And they're already talking about shopping Ayton in the recent news blotters. Uh, I think they take a hard look at Fred Van Fleet. Keith Smith says they might get $29 million under the cap if they play it right. So they could be even in the running for Kyrie. Going to be interesting faux show. As for Chris Paul, not the last we've seen of him, but is it is the last that we've seen of who we know to be Chris Paul. Let's move forward. No one had a worse week uh, in the Preston Zion, and it's not because he's fat. It First and foremost, a major piece dropped in the Times-Picayune by Christian Clark about how the Pelicans fired their head trainer because he did not get along with Zion and Brandon Ingram. Aaron Nelson was highly regarded, and you know what? Uh, he was babying Zion, and babying Zion kept Zion from playing himself into shape, and then he broke down, and now Aaron Nelson is gone. Uh, Clark wrote, Williamson's relationship with Nelson had become strained during his rookie seasons. At different points, Zion refused to even work with them. Um, Zion hated it. He hated how inflexible Nelson was, and now there's going to be an entirely new regime in New Orleans overseeing his health. We'll see if it makes a difference. But the bigger news today, uh, this morning to be exact, is that Zion is experiencing what we call a situation, a thruple, if you will, a baby mama drama in the Internet streets. Here is the long and the short of it. Really the short of it. Zion went to celebrate on IG the fact that he and his girlfriend uh, had a gender reveal. They're having a baby. His pregnant girlfriend, Akima. I think she is a porn star. Uh, All hell broke loose when another woman, also a porn star, entered the scene. And my God, did she decide to go scorched earth on Twitter. She unleashed a tweet storm the likes of which we have not seen since Kanye went all anti-Semitic and got canceled. Her name is Mariah Millie Mills. Apparently she's an OnlyFans girl. She's a a legit porn star. And she went wild. She was, so how shall we say, very unhappy with Zion impregnating another woman while sleeping with her. She even implied that maybe she was pregnant. So it could be double trouble for Zion and just that baby. So here's a sample of what she said, just really quickly. Put it on Twitter, we put it on Instagram, we put it everywhere, but if you didn't see it, you're just listening to the pod, here it is. She said, I deleted the video of the photographer pouring honey in my mouth. Pause, hold on. Honey, (laughs) honey, is extremely erotic as a substance. So yeah, I can understand why Zion's like, hold up, girl. Could you just not have that? 
while simultaneously sleeping with someone else. That's foul, but like, I get it. Anyway, she continues, I deleted the video of the photographer pouring honey in my mouth because you told me you felt disrespected. Now I come to Twitter and see you trending with a thought being pregnant and you kiss that hoe. Why you hurt me like this? Why you do this to your butterfly? <laughs> ah, moving forward. Uh, this is another gem that she posted. Um, Millie Mills, Mariah. I warned you about these trapping type hoes, Zion. She tags them at Zion Williamson every time, too. Every time she tags him by his handle. Anyway, I warned you about these trapping type hoes at Zion Williamson, and you didn't listen to me. I know the game. Fuck you. Congrats again. The bill was too high, so you had to scrap for crumbs when you couldn't see me or I was busy. It gets better, folks. This is the part where it gets real wild. I let you spit in my mouth last week when we fucked. You could have told me. Because I let you spit in my mouth, presumably. You could have told me you had another hoe pregnant. How is that going to work, moving us both to New Orleans? You think I would have found out at Zion Williamson. <laughs> We're not done yet, folks. Um, she takes a very deep shot. Like below the belt. Like below the dad bod gut. Before the belt, I motivated you to get back in shape. I let you fuck me all kinds of ways and film me on your phone at Zion Williamson. <laughs> and you impregnate a low-budget porn star DNA test or I'm done. She's not done yet. No, after Zion posed for the gender reveal with another woman, she's not done She's not done after that. This is unbelievable. The first tweet, actually, that she said was like, who cares you have another baby with another woman? Like, psh, ain't no thing to me. Ain't no chicken wang. And then she just starts to get madder and madder as the whole thing goes down. Unbelievable stuff. Unbelievable that someone with 1.1 million followers on Twitter would air their own drama out like that. And tag at Zion Williamson every time. I bet his mentions are going crazy. <laughs> no idea what Zion's going to do. He's already a bit shy. There's no real way to attack this from a PR perspective, let's be honest. The only thing that ends up making this spicier is if our girl Mariah Millie Mills also ends up being pregnant. Because according to her, she's late. Speaking of late, we got to move forward. As I said, today was a day. Not only did we have the NBA drama with Zion, we had our favorite Instagram thought, the OG IG thought, Brittany Renner, made an appearance. What did she do? Maybe she just, maybe, got a new victim. Maybe she shacked in a fool. She went from PJ Washington to, you guessed it, Shaquille O'Neal. Brittany Renner showed up on a TMZ blotter, uh, draped in a bodycon dress, Shaq dressed to the nines, and they were stepping out in Las Vegas on their way to an intimate dinner. Are you serious? 
For folks who don't remember Brittany Renner, she is, quote, a fitness enthusiast that is known for trapping celebrity men and getting pregnant and then making sure she takes their money and then leaves. And she's made a habit of telling other people that they should do this too. She was rumored to be making $200,000 a month from our guy, PJ Washington, also in the 2019 draft, uh, like Zion and John Morant. Bad draft. Um, just in child support payments alone. She also dated Tyga, Chris Brown. I mean, everybody. Like every other city we go. What's that old saying? Chick was busy as a beaver uh, with her beaver. And now she's been seen out and about with none other than Shaq Diesel. Has a woman on who's bragged on video about trapping rich athletes found another victim? Well, no. According to Brittany Renner, she's changed her ways. Uh, she went on the pregame show podcast, which is a podcast I've never heard of, and she said... People that I shared my body with, it's repulsive because <laughs> they didn't deserve it. I would absolutely change sexually how I move around. And I don't mean like Mariah Millie Mill. No, she didn't say that. It doesn't feel good knowing that you gave a sacred part of yourself to a man that looked at sex with you like taking a piss. It's disgusting to think about. Sounds like Brittany Renner's a changed woman. Nothing to see here, folks. Here's the thing, though. Uh, Shaq's team, they are telling the world that they are just friends. They are platonic friends. They are just catching up over some shashuka, garlic, herb, flatbread, and some uh, Earl Grey tea. But I am telling you, folks, that is a lie. That is a lie. How do I know that that is a lie? Because men who are fat... Don't just start getting into shape for no reason. Shaq has been hitting the Barry's boot camp like seven times a week. I think he's lost 100 pounds, staying away from the Krispy Kremes, showing up grinning ear to ear to the TNT set. What do you think that's about? Watermelon. That's what that's about. How often do you see a dude in his 50s hit the gym like he's a walk-on at Notre Dame unless he's getting some nana? Never. The answer is never. Shaq's also, though, a very astute businessman. Maybe he has a vasectomy worth $400 million. If anyone is going to get Brittany Renner to compromise her newfound morals, uh, it's going to be Shaq. Like, she might as well be diving with her watermelon in a pool full of gold doubloons like she's Mr. Scrooge McDuck or Mr. Scrooge McDick. Where there's smoke, there's often fire, especially when you're dealing with someone like Brittany Renner, a menace who doles out that watermelon like she's Franklin in Snowfall, getting them hooked like it's the 1980s. And we're all watching to see if she turns Shaq into her next P.J. Washington. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We'll be back after Game 4 with an all-new episode. Uh, check the feed for past episodes and many episodes which drop all the time. Follow the Heat Check as the season comes to a close. And we follow Summer League as well. Do not forget to download, subscribe, and tell your friends every single one of them. And follow us on social at this Heat Check and at Trista Crick on TikTok. We'll see you next time, my friends.